0: All right, well, let's get started.
1: Are we ready to start?
0: <laughs>
2: We're going to the podcast.
1: Are you ready We're to start up now?
2: Just wait until we get popular and we start doing the pre show podcasts. <laughs> this is what really happens. Mm-hmm.
1: all right so welcome to the first episode of the zero g adventures podcast so i am your host tim and i am here with brian and chris all right so who are we we are basically a group of friends that got together and said hey let's let's start an amusement park podcast let's do something a little bit different and talk about some different things so here we are Um, So everybody knows we are planning on launching our website, ZeroGAdventures.com, on January 1st, uh, 2021, as well as our Facebook page and Twitter, both at ZeroGAdventures. So some things that we're going to share.
0: Well, we're going to share park and coaster information, park and coaster news, trip planning, photos and stories from trips, amusement park reviews, uh, the weekly podcast, of course, which you're listening to right now. And um, fun videos, including Drink of the Week recipes and more and stuff like that.
1: All right. So speaking of drinks of the week, let's talk about what we're sipping on this week. So this week we have the Black Cherry Bourbon Hot Chocolate. Um, that is from Disney's Dockside Inn at Disney's Hollywood Studios.
0: Dockside Diner.
1: Dockside Diner. Oh, my fault. Dockside my fault. Diner. <laughs> Diner. So the, well, boat. Oh, the, the boat? boat,
0: the boat on the Crescent Lake, or not the Crescent Lake. What do they call that lake? Oh, I don't oh the know. lake in front of Indiana Jones. That's all That's you need it. to know. Yeah.
1: That's it.
0: Echo Lake. That's it. Echo Lake.
1: People walk by to go to Star Wars. Yes. Echo Lake. <laughs> so what do you guys think of it?
0: So it the it's black cherry bourbon with hot chocolate. There's toasted marshmallow in it. Uh, the whole recipe and the video of us making the recipe is on our website. So if you want more details there, but it's uh, cherry bourbony and hot chocolate and
2: marshmallowy. y Chris, is it good? Uh, it's good. It's definitely bourbon-forward and it is sweet. It's definitely a dessert drink.
1: Yeah, definitely sweet. Definitely sweet. But it is good. And it's a taste of the holidays. it's cold outside we have snow on the ground so let's get into some stuff um plan on what we plan on talking about this episode you know we're going to go into a main topic we're going to talk about visiting parks during the whole COVID era um not get into politics or anything like that but just really talk about what it's like to go to parks i know i was at four parks this year four or five different parks this year i know you guys have been to parks and just kind of what to expect and Before this, I actually went on to Google and looked at some Google reviews of parks, and it's amazing how much people just don't know or don't know what to expect when going to a park. So, you know, that's going to be one of the main things that we actually really talk about is what to expect when you're going to a park, because let's be honest, this is going to be it's going to be a while, probably all the way through next year, if not into I mean, Disneyland is probably not opening until 2022, you know, so. But um, we're talk about talk about trip planning during COVID. Uh, our park of the week. Every week, we're going to try and feature a different park and try to take an actual virtual visit to that park and and talk about the different things. We're going to talk about, while well, we live in Pittsburgh. So our home park, Kennywood, as well as some of the things, some great holiday gifts that you can give out relating to amusement parks and coasters. So with that, I think we'll start going into... Trip planning. So
0: trip planning during a pandemic. Well, that's um, it's challenging right now because things can change, and the hardest thing right now is you can't plan something without having a. Well, it may or may not happen because things can be canceled right at the last minute. Um, so the big thing first is find out if the park requires reservations. Make the reservations, find out if, if it's a resort, like Walt Disney world, if your hotel reservation includes reservations for the parks or not. Um, that's the big thing. Um, then you have to look at what are we going to do? If all of a sudden a week before our trip, they have to close the park. And then you have to think about plan B, but let's say everything does go off and you're at the park and everything's good. You have to look at what the park hours are because they're not the usual park hours at most of these places. Um, Some attractions are closed because of staffing or other issues. And the attractions that are operating, a lot of them are operating at half capacity or every other row. It varies on the park. Some parks clean after every cycle. Some parks, every 30 minutes, they close the ride and they have to clean it. Um, so it's definitely going to affect your wait times, even though the parks have smaller capacity because of the restrictions on how many people. There's also the capacity limitations on the rides and the attractions, so expecting much longer than what you would expect wait time.
1: So real quick, let's let's go back to the reservations part because there, every park is different, and you know there there have been parks that have required like Disney. If you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World, you need to check about the reservation system. If you are not staying on property, you need to make sure that you reserve a park on the days that you wanna go. Um, That's been non-negotiable ever since they've opened. There are other parks that we have been to that it has been off and on. Um, Chris and I went to Cedar Point uh, probably about a month after they opened and they still required reservations. But then a week after that, They stopped the reservations because people weren't coming. They weren't hitting capacity, Um, you know, and then they started reservations back up towards, towards the fall. So it's, it's best to always check with the park. You know, if you check it, you know, a month or two before you go, check it, check it a couple days, check it a week before you go, just to see if they are requiring reservations. For us, Cedar Point is three hours away. So for us to walk, drive up there for three hours and be turned away because we don't have reservations and their capacity is just horrible so um also along that line is what is capacity so what, what, what are your thoughts on when somebody says capacity limits
0: i mean here's your thing um for example epcot at walt disney world has a max capacity of about a hundred thousand guests right on an average day at epcot they don't even come close to half of what their maximum capacity is. The only day of the year that Epcot sometimes hits capacity, but i almost always doesn't, is New Year's Eve. So right. if the busiest day of the year, where attractions can have five or six hour waits, and you're still not at capacity, right? You know, there's an issue. So what Disney's operating? I forget forty percent right now, or
1: I think they're at thirty or thirty five they might've moved up to 40. They They might've just moved up to 40, but yeah, I mean, it's, and capacity is max capacity at that time. So, you know, Chris and I, it's been a tradition for the past 20 years. Every second week of May, we go up to Cedar Point. There is nobody at Cedar Point at that time. I mean, we can ride Millennium Force 13 times in an hour, but if, that's if that's what we see of cedar point when they say 25 capacity we think oh oh it's gonna be really dead well no it's 25 i mean cedar point very rarely ever meets capacity disney only meets capacity at certain times during the day during the year um so you know also keep that in mind you know so when they say half capacity it could be just a normal day for the park you know when when at 50% capacity or even 25% capacity. So, you know, and then you couple that with the social distancing on rides, which is a whole nother concept because every park is doing that different. Um, You know, social distancing on rides, you want to think a roller coaster is going to have half of a train filled. So if it's a 30 minute wait, you're going to wait 60 minutes during these times.
0: It, It depends on the park. I mean, right now at Walt Disney World, they're filling every row because they've added either plexiglass between rows on rides or you know the seats are spaced apart distantly enough i mean i i think every coaster at disney right now is actually operating at full
1: capacity yeah
0: yeah but it's other parks like cedar fair parks you have the extreme
1: opposite (laughs) it is we are a group of three they are putting two of us in one row and then they're skipping a row and putting the other one in the back um You know, I've seen the whole gambit. You know, I went to Dollywood this year. I went to Cedar Point this year, went to Knoebels, went to Waldemere. Every park has done it differently.
0: And even in the Cedar Fair parks, there's differences. Um, A buddy of mine went to Carowinds, and he said it's every other row, but they literally clean the whole train down after every cycle.
1: Now, do they run them too?
0: Then they run them.
1: How many times do they run them? Three yeah
0: so the wait he went down the park wasn't even that busy the wait for um the wild mouse um i forget the name of the wild mouse at heroines um the ricochet ricochet um the wait for it was two hours mm-hmm. and on a normal busy day that ride will have a 30 minute wait so just okay. i think when you go it, it, these aren't the kind of trips where you're going to get to ride everything and do everything you normally do you kind of just have to appreciate being able to to go and make the most of it and ride what you can.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, when we went to Cedar Point, it was a very cold, raining day where I didn't think we were going to get to ride anything.
1: And then lo and behold, (laughs) it was probably one of the best days at Cedar Point we've ever had. But I mean, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Chris and I went up, I think it was like early August and we drove up and we rode Gatekeeper and we rode Gemini that was our day <laughs> but you know it, it, it like you say it's
2: but on the flip side you get to, you can actually get to experience some of the park that you don't get to take in when you're running from ride to ride you actually get to experience more of the park atmosphere and in the case of the last trip you get a lot more christmas shopping done for later in the year yeah we'll right. talk about that later <laughs> yeah <with Christmas>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Right. right um, but I mean, it, it, that goes. You know, the next point on your agenda is what happens during inclement weather. I mean, that, that that was it. I mean, it was an eighty percent chance of rain, 80 percent chance of rain, and we got there and we were like, oh shit, or oh crap. There's a, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people here you know, just looking from us waiting in line for Millennium Force right when the park opened. But then after that, when it started raining, everybody cleared out. And I mean, we rode Raptor, what, two, three times without getting off.
0: Well, that, was, that was later. In the <clears throat> problem, that, you know, people that are familiar with Cedar Fair's policies, if it rains, they take trains off. Most roller coasters only operate with one or two trains um, because of the rain. So you already have reduced capacity because of the COVID restrictions. Well, now you're operating with one train at that capacity. So earlier on in the day when it was raining pretty heavily, we waited quite a bit. Um, But then the rain cleared, and a lot of the crowds cleared. So the end of our day, we walked right on the Raptor, rode Raptor, they let us stay on, which is very rare. So we rode Raptor twice. And then we walked over to Gatekeeper and walked right on the Gatekeeper. So, you know, we still got a lot of rides in, but You know, you never know. That's the problem. If the rain wouldn't have stopped, you know,
2: and since you bring up rain, the other thing I would say, if you're planning ahead and you think it might rain that day, take a look at the park map before you go and try to figure out where covered seating is at. You wouldn't believe how important covered seating is unless you want to pay 20 bucks for a plastic poncho. Yes. Find a place to sit under an umbrella or an awning or someplace that has food inside.
0: And then send your friends to get the food for you. Just find your seat, guard your seat. Don't let anyone else take your covered seat and have your family or friends go get
1: food. Shots fired. <laughs> 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 yeah, but then, uh, it, you know, something that that comes along with that, that everybody says, and I see it in all the, all the park reviews, is masks, 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 masks. Masks are not that bad. Um, you know it, going to parks in the middle of summer it, it, they're they they're really not a burden and the, and the thing is is that every single park that we've been to they have relaxation zones they have areas where you can go and you know a lot a lot of the parks that allowed smoking <clears throat> um they actually took out all of their smoking areas and they converted them into max relaxa- relaxation zones so people can just go in take their masks off just sit around drink you know and it is socially distanced still um, but, you know, I know when we went to Cedar Point, if anybody's been to Cedar Point in late September, October, beginning of the season, it is cold. It, the wind is cold coming off the lake. Having the masks on was nice. <laughs> it was enjoyable.
2: And I'll say another tip for masks, pack more than one. You know, yes. if you're wearing the paper ones, sometimes the um, straps are along, along your ears will snap. If you're in uh, rainy weather or you're going to ride a wet ride, it's going to get damp. They don't, they don't work as well when they're damp and they're uncomfortable to wear. Bring more than one. Try to keep it in a small baggie so it stays dry. But it's always good to have at least one other to change into.
0: Yeah, because if it's raining, all the roller coasters are water rides. Like Front Row of Magnum. You go under a waterfall just leaving the station. Exactly. Exactly.
1: The most painful ride ever.
0: Only in the front row.
1: There is a sweet spot on Magnum.
0: Yeah, the back of the
1: train. (laughs) And not on an axle. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Nope. But anyway. So yeah, I mean, the big thing with planning right now is have a plan B. Just make the most of it. Enjoy the best that you can. Appreciate that you actually can still go to the parks that are open, which right now for us, it's the off season up here in Pittsburgh. So it's going to be a long off season.
1: Velocicoaster is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, If they can get the bird to leave there. Yeah. Yeah. Velocicoaster is coming. So, but yeah, it's amusement parks are the last thing that, you know, are in the people's eyes the government's eyes to be open. You know, it's definitely not an essential business. So the fact that, you know, the majority, I mean it, I don't want to say majority, but a good part of the parks open for the year. I mean that that was really cool. Um, well, you know outside. What? It's outside.
0: So, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, a lot yeah. of the indoor attractions were closed.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. Um, but it, it it's it is what it is. And I think, I think they're going to stay with it for a while. You know, a lot of parks, they're experimenting with the reservation systems to, to manage their capacity and to see how many people are coming through the parks. You know, even though tickets do the same thing, a lot of parks, they've instituted virtual queues. I know universal has done it extensively since they've opened and they've done a great job. Universal has done great with it. I can see a lot of these things that are happening now staying in some form. In some
0: form. I, yeah. I am a I am a firm believer. There should always be a standby line. You know that's. And, and if yeah. You choose like if you go to a park just for one ride you can't get onto it. Um, not throwing any names, but uh, Star Wars. Um, you know if you want to go ride Galaxy's Edge, or.
1: That's a whole way. different ball game. Yeah. That's a whole different ball game because it, look, think from a business standpoint, virtual queues are genius for parks because. You go to Cedar Point in the middle of summer, and you're waiting three hours in line for Vengeance. If that had a virtual queue to it, and not the access passes, but the virtual queue, that's three hours that you're not in a line that you're out shopping, you're out eating. That's revenue for those parks. Or you're waiting
0: in line two hours for Maverick, right? But still,
1: yeah. But on the flip side of changes the park going experience where
2: everybody in the park feels like they're standing in applebee's lobby waiting for their puck to buzz so they can get on the ride
1: new for 2021 cedar fair beepers (laughs) bubby when you buzz you when your train is ready all right so moving on (laughs) let's
0: talk about kennywood
1: yeah yeah kennywood fantastic park grew up with it
0: yeah it's go ahead. it's the local park in pittsburgh so let's talk about kennywood so this is not a review of kennywood this is just an overview a little bit about it um once park season's up and running and we go to these places we'll review them um but when we do the park of the week pretty much at this point it's just a an overview of the park so for those of you that don't know
1: although we have been to kennywood Many times. Kennywood, many, many, times. many, many I times. Worked at Kennywood for eight years,
0: so yeah.
2: Good times, bad times.
0: Yes. So for for those of you that don't know, Kennywood Park, which which is now Kennywood, um, is located in West Mifflin, which is eight miles from Pittsburgh. So it's pretty much in Pittsburgh, but if you're a local, it's in West Mifflin. Um, it is one of only two amusement parks that are designated as a national historic landmark. Um, it Kennywood's also about about the 17th oldest operating amusement park in the United States. Um, Three or four different parks all opened in 1898, so depending on what day they opened, I'm saying Kennywood's about the 17th oldest. Um, So Kennywood opened in 1898. It opened when the best way to travel around town was by trolley. So in Pittsburgh, the Monongahela Street Railways Company was looking to increase their profits on weekends because during the week people worked, during the weekend they didn't. So they leased the land at the end of one of their trolley lines um, from the Kenny family, and they created what is known as a trolley park. In 1899, they started adding rides and attractions to the park, including a carousel and dance pavilion and. After less than a decade, the Charlie Company didn't want to run or manage the park anymore. So the standing manager, Andrew McSwiggin, along with his partners, Frederick Kenniger and AF Megan, leased and operated the park as Kennywood Park Limited, beginning in 1906. Now the parks changed and adapted with the times. Today, Kennywood features new rides mixed in with old classic rides, including several attractions that are over 100 years old. Kennywood is one of the only parks in the country that allows guests to bring in their own food and picnic baskets. There are still a handful of parks that do that, but uh, Kennywood is one of them for sure. Admission. um, Kennywood is a pay one price park, but season pass is available. Back in the day, it used to have a general admission and you can buy tickets and whatnot. But now, you know, you do have to pay to get in. The listed gate price for 2021 is currently $59.99. Um, but there are special deals currently available online, nice. as low as $32.99 if you buy four, or $39.99 for one person. If you are planning on going to Kennywood, um, now is the time. If you want to buy a ticket for $39.99, I I'd rather pay that than 60.
1: Now wait. Now the tickets that are online are those are those dated? Yeah. So they're. So, they're any day, for, any day 2021. for
0: 2021. Yeah, you don't have to pick your date or anything like that. I think around the holiday season, they wanted people to give that as gifts. But if you're planning on going to Kennywood more than once, get a season pass. Um, there's, like, different levels of season pass. But regular season passes that don't have any blackout dates, they're currently available for 95.99. dollars um, So, yeah, that's admission for parking currently. General parking is free, um, but Kennywood has a preferred parking, which is like their first level lot, um, where you can pay eight bucks to park a little closer. What you go for, really, are the rides and the attractions. Kennywood, currently, and these are all updated to 2021 numbers, Kennywood features 42 rides and attractions at no extra cost. Um, there are There's a sky coaster and there's paddle boats that you can pay more to ride, but I don't count those. Um, the 42 rides and attractions include eight roller coasters, three wooden track, five steel track, three dark rides, which for an amusement park to have three dark rides, that's pretty good. Um, Two water rides, which basically get you wet. 22 family rides. What we consider family rides are rides that guests under 48 inches can ride with the whole family. So, you know, that's kind of like the magic number in the amusement park industry. 48 inches, you can ride a lot more than if you're under. And Kennywood also features eight kids only rides um, in their kiddie land. And um, what's that other new section? Oh, that uh,
1: Thomas Land. Thomas, land, yes. Thomas the Train Thomas Land. Thomas the Train. Do you know how big Kennywood is?
0: Um, Kennywood is about
1: 35 acres. It's 35 acres. It's, it's relatively small. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you look at it on Google Maps, it's like, so to have that many. Attraction, and that's at attractions. Yeah, that's not the walkway. I mean, Kev, Kennywood's heavily treed. It's one of the parks that does have a lot of trees, unlike other parks mm-hmm. that we've been See to. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Clark, <laughs> plant a tree. Um, but uh, it, I mean, it, it, I mean, it is heavily shaded. There's, there's a lot of eateries and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that we're gonna get into that, but like, that's a lot of rides. So, but yeah, and especially the 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 ones that are unique.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of unique. Now, the thing that I like to talk about is if it rains, because in case you didn't know, it rains a little bit in Pittsburgh. Um, If it rains, Kennywood actually has 11 rides that are covered and can operate in steady to hard rain, um, which is pretty good. But the thing that really sets Kennywood's attractions apart from most parks um, are their unique attractions that can't be found anywhere else. Um, The auto race or the auto ride name changes every so often um it's a wooden track that has slow moving cars that drive around it um it used to have hills in it when it was built at one time the hills were taken out because and i always will think of kennywood memories <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know and sometimes
1: <laughs> it would rain and the cars couldn't go over the them way you way have you know, a big old back
2: in front of you a
1: <laughs> big old accident <laughs> yeah i will always think of
0: that so um the other and in my opinion this symbol of kennywood um is noah's ark um noah's ark is a walkthrough attraction with a rocking boat once found at many parks around the world i mean you that was a staple it was like the scrambler of today's amusement park every park has a scrambler Mm -hmm. ironically kennywood doesn't um but noah's ark classic walkthrough attraction um not quite an accessible friendly option, but I mean, Kennywood does have an accessible route um, where you don't actually go up into the boat. And it basically, it's a rocking boat in the middle of the attraction that you walk through. You go down steps, there's shaker floors, depending on the year, um, the past. Well, I mean, nozark was closed this year because of COVID. Um, but the year before they turned off the shaker floors. They did that every once in a while. I'm hoping they come back. (laughs) Um, then there is the turtle, which is a tumblebug ride. There's only two of these left in the world. Ironically, both of them are in Western Pennsylvania. Um, the other one is the tumblebug at Conneaut, which is ninety minutes north.
1: Which, when I saw that, I had no idea that they had one of those. Yeah, it, it's. I thought that the turtle was the last one. If not, I thought I thought there was one like over in England. But for it to be a yeah,
0: And it's completely different. Kennywood's has six turtle cars. Conneaut's has five. Because there's only five, Conneaut's goes a little faster. Like Conneaut's has some oomph to it. When you go over the first hill on Conneaut's, it Mm -hmm. throws you around a lot. Um, Yeah, it's a very cool ride. I'm very excited that Kennywood still has one. It's the only one that has the turtle theme. And the other, I mean, there's lots of unique attractions at Kennywood. Um, The other one that is very old is the Old Mill, which finally we've changed names back to the Old Mill. I mean, the rides had many, many, many names that have changed over the times. But it originally opened in 1902. Yes, 1902. Um, And it was called the Old Mill Boat Ride Through Dark Scenes. Um, A handful of these do still exist. There is another one in Rye Playland in New York. Um, Very similar. Um, It's the only one I think that really feels like the old mill. I mean, a couple parks have both dark rides, but not like this. It's literally four adults per boat or six people if you have kids with you. But it's unique and goes through the dark and old scenes.
1: Favorite was hard-headed Harold, horrendously humorous haunted hideaway but most people today know it as the old old mill yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes and i don't know anyone that ever actually called it by its full name it was the haunted hideaway yeah i mean yeah and we,
2: and we don't speak of the garfield
0: era yeah the whole garfield's night yeah
1: for what was it, about 10 years no or was no, it longer than it that it was longer um, you know they they Decided to buy into an IP and completely rethemed it to Garfield having a nightmare and it just it, it lost a lot of the nostalgia that people have known that ride to be. Um, I mean, you get into an old wooden, almost like the Venetian or Roman gondola things and, you know, kind of go through a little water trough and it's a pretty decently long ride um but it was you know like a typical old school dark ride and when they flipped over that scenery it just kind of lost something and gained a whole bunch of fluorescent paint and black light so. yeah
0: 2004 2004 is when it became Barfield's nightmare and just this year in 2020 it opened as the old mill again and it wasn't even years. done they're still adding to it they just wanted to get it open um, but it wasn't complete.
1: Didn't um didn't Scare House yes. have a hand in that? So Scare House is a huge a haunted house that's located in Pittsburgh. That's I think it's world renowned. I think it's won tons um, of awards for their haunts and things like that. But they did it, and you know I didn't go on it this year, but I did see Point of View on uh, YouTube, and it looks like they brought stuff back from previous rides. The a
0: lot
1: of the stuff from the gold brush or the train. Yep. I remember the train, so, but so what about coasters? So we got three coasters well, that three are wooden, wooden, Yeah, three wooden coasters. So we have kind of like the, the, the baby, the intermediate, and then the, I'm ready for my big kid ride. So, you know, we have the uh, Jack rabbit, which we're going to talk about a little bit later um, because it has a, a special milestone this year. But the jackrabbit is a wooden coaster um we have the racer which is a Mobius loop and then um also the Thunderbolt which is has been dubbed the king of the coasters back
0: well, it was back in the, I mean
1: it, it's still a decent ride it is a very good
2: ride
0: yeah I mean the, the thing is and and we're, if you want more information about Kennywood and especially the coasters we have two articles on our website um, that talk about kennywood more and we go into their coasters in more detail um the thing that's really interesting though about kennywood's roller coasters is how historically significant they were the jackrabbit at kennywood is 100 years old we'll talk about that more because it is our coaster of the week but the thing about it is it was one of the first roller coasters that had wheels underneath the track to keep the track or the train on the track you know which completely and you need it yeah, <laughs> you need it. And then again, we'll talk about the Jackrabbit <laughs> later. But I mean, that is changed roller coasters forever. I mean, knowing that you're not gonna, you know, go off rails. And um the racer, I mean, the racer is now going to be only one of two
1: Mobius. They're building a new one. Oh, really? They're building a new one out in Europe or in the Middle East of that new Saudi park. Wow it's, it's a GCI Mobius loop. Oh, Yeah.
0: That's kind of cool. That's coming back after.
1: Yes. Yes. But anyway, I digress.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, and then the Thunderbolt was an older coaster uh, that was called the Pippin. And, you know, they wanted to do something new to it. So in 1968, they added to it. They literally took the, moved the station. They raised the lift hill. Um, extended it and did you know a double helix with hills in it? Completely changed the ride, and uh, I mean it was the king of the coasters. It was ranked number one by was the New York Times. Yeah, they was, used
1: to have that that yeah. thing out there, uh, right out inside the entrance to the queue, that had like a list of the ten best wooden coasters, and the Thunderbolt was number one, and there was Coney Island Cyclone and and
0: the Beast. I yeah, mean, the, Beast the Beast was on was- there.
1: I'd I'd love to see that again.
0: Yeah, and and the thing with it, though, when the Thunderbolt was built like that, wooden coasters were on the decline. Um, You know, there are two roller coasters that people will tell you out there are wooden coasters that started the renaissance of the wooden roller coaster, and the Thunderbolt was one of them. It doesn't get the publicity that the other one gets, but the racer at King's Island is definitely... um, with a big one that started the renaissance of wooden coasters, but the Thunderbolt opened this around the same time. Um, actually before the Thunderbolt opened in 68 and, uh, the racer King's Island opened in 72 and, um, they started popularity of wooden coasters back at parks. Um, Kennywood has, that's it for the wooden ones, but I mean, they're, they're the perfect lineup of wooden coasters for a park. You have, you know, the family friendly racer to, uh, The intense thunderbolt
1: yeah what about their steel
0: i mean they're steel coasters i mean they have i mean they have their little kitty coaster which is the roughest ride in the park you know it's good chiropractic neck treatment for adults kids love it but
1: not as rough as ravine flyer three well yeah that was rough. that hurt me (laughs) that ride hurt me but anyway so but yeah, so. <laughs> have to earn that credit like, and, and that's why they're designed
0: for children.
1: <laughs>
0: if you want to get a credit on uh, The at with though, you do have, have to have to, a child. Yeah. So, find one.
1: <laughs> but what? Else, I mean, what else is there? I mean, there's skyrocket. I mean, this, well,
0: I mean, the Phantoms' Revenge. You know oh. that was just like the Jackra, or just forgive me, just like the Thunderbolt. The Phantom's Revenge used to be the Steel Phantom that opened in 91. And people didn't like it because it was... Well, some people liked it. The general public thought it was rough because of the... Loose. I loved
1: it. Well, still, still one of my favorites. You're
2: in the minority. I
1: am in a minority.
2: So... Well, sometimes the general public is wrong.
1: Still, Phantom lives matter.
0: So, yeah. The Steel Phantom was a record setter. It was. I mean, it was Kennywood's answer to the Magnum at Cedar Point.
1: It took the record for Magnum. It did.
0: It did. And um, the problem was, is that, you know, let's drop you 225 feet at 80 miles an hour and then make you a sharp left turn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A very sharp left turn. And let's head you into a vertical loop. that That, shouldn't even be handled at 35 miles an hour let alone 70.
0: (laughs) literally they had to add brakes right before the loop and then the whole and the problem was the harnesses if if the Steel phantom was built after they changed harness styles and just had lap bars that coaster would still be around and it would be popular even if
1: it had comfort collars (laughs) yes so
0: like they were talking about completely getting rid of the steel phantom and the general public poor to outcry said no don't don't do this so instead of scrapping the whole thing they decided that they were going to pull a thunderbolt and they were going to stop the ride in the middle and change the rest of it and they turned it into you know a mega steel coaster with airtime and you not only go through the thunderbolt once you go through the thunderbolt twice and um i mean it's one of the best mega coasters in the world it's constantly on top fifteen lists. of- I'm sorry,
1: I'm looking at you crazy because you said mega, and you didn't say the H word. I'm not using the. Hyper- <laughs> I'm not using- that is a point of contention. We're not going. We have- we're not going to talk politics, and we're not going to talk classifications of roller coasters. Because
0: <laughs> we could talk about the hyper debate. You know, if it's the drop, if it's the lift. I mean, the lift on the Phantom's Revenge is 160 feet. But the second hill drops you 230 some feet um, into hey,
1: the ravine. I, I saw in the rundown that, that you had hyper listed, and I looked at what is a hyper, and it said that um, Arrow actually coined that term with Cedar Point. Arrow, who built the still phantom mm-hmm. as well, and it was classified as a height of 200 feet. Now, marketing changes they they fit it to to do whatever at the end of the day it's an awesome ride it it, still phantom was an awesome ride phantoms revenge is an awesome ride i don't care if it's a hyper i don't care if it's mega you can call it a strata for all i care
0: i like calling it a mega because it doesn't offend anybody
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's all diversity and inclusion yes (laughs) so they
0: also have um Kenny would like to go eight or nine years between adding major steel roller coasters. So, um, they added, well, yeah, then they added the exterminator in 1999, which is a really cool indoor crazy mouse. It's a spinning wild mouse themed to you are the rats and there you're being exterminated. It's actually a really cool theme. Um, as what sometimes happens the theming eventually over the years went away a little bit, but it's still there, and, you know, it's still a great ride. It's a little rougher than it used to be because they don't grease the cars up anymore like they used to. Um, but it's still great. It's still great Rumored, I've heard lots of rumors that its days are numbered, but we'll see what happens. And then another... SNS free spin.
1: Yeah. I'm starting a rumor right now. No. Low <laughs> capacity. Skyrocket 2.
0: No. So then eight or nine years later, Kennywood built controversially got rid of the turnpike Ah. and replaced (laughs) it with the skyrocket, which it's a great, I actually, it is impressive to me because it doesn't look like much, but it packs a punch
2: when it's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, you know, that one year, the, the, you know, it was
1: only a year and a half. Yeah.
0: If you I mean, up, it
1: is a good ride. Like, it, like it's, it's a cool smooth. little ride, and yes, it and is it, very smooth. And
0: it brought back inversions because Kennywood did. Once they got rid of the Steel Phantom and changed the Phantom's Revenge, Kennywood did not have a roller coaster that turned you upside down
1: until until Skyrocket.
0: Until Skyrocket, and it has lap bar restraints that mm-hmm. are much more comfortable during the ride, and it's premier. I mean, premier. I mean, say what you will. You know, premier coasters are smooth. Yeah. They, you know, coasters, premier coasters that opened in 1996 are still smooth to this day. Yeah. Can't say that about a lot of the comas, but that's my opinion.
1: <coughs> <laughs> <won't> T3. Say- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what, what was the one at Geauga? Mind your racer. Well, that was before it was renamed to Thunderhawk and painted yellow, which. Orange. Why?
2: Because we all know paint makes a coaster better.
1: But there is a yellow coaster right next to it.
2: Right. Well, they bought it in bulk. It was cheap.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> if ballot. you paint
0: something a new color, the general public sees it's new.
1: It's I the mean, same
0: with any business. Biz- restaurants change their paint Oh, no, you're right. You're it right. It catches your attention. I mean,
1: after, I mean, it was red and gray. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It no. The mind eraser was No, it, it had red. I'm colorblind.
0: <laughs> it was red and teal. It
1: looked red and gray to me. <laughs> Either way, it was <laughs> faded as hell. And it, oh, yes. it needed to repaint it regardless. Oh, but, anyway. but anyway, I mean, yeah, so they, they had Skyrocket that brought back the inversions. And then finally they just said full dollar. send. And they just went for it. And they went full UK and just decided they were going to bring over the most inversions in the United States with steel curtain.
0: Yeah, so the Steel Curtain opened in 19, or 19, um... 2021. 2019. <laughs>
1: 2019
0: in the new Steeler Country section of the park, which is a good fit for Pittsburgh. It is. Um, It's,
1: it's very Yenzer. It's very Pittsburgh-friendly. It's, it's it caters
0: sad to sad that we had to lose the Log Jammer, which was the first million-dollar ride the park ever had, and it was a family-friendly water ride that didn't get you too wet, but it was fun. But... You know, a lot of parks are removing their log flumes, so it's understandable. Other parks are refurbishing their log flumes and keeping them going for the next generation. But, you know, Kennywood wanted something new. They wanted something, you know, that broke records, that brought more people in. So that's the Steel Curtain.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... I've only gotten one ride on it, a... Is that all you guys? Mm We wrote it together. Well, I know we wrote it together, but (laughs) I know, but I didn't know if you guys went back. I mean, uh, one ride—it's a decent ride. I mean, it it, SNS is coming up with some really cool stuff lately.
0: It's—I
1: would not. I would not put it in my top 10 no. I would not put it like when we talk about our favorite coasters here in a minute i I, I wouldn't put it as my favorite to Kennywood but at the same time I've only got one ride off of it it's only been technically open for half a season yeah. it, it, it hasn't been broken in you know there is a weird rattle to it there is Vibration. a there is a more. Of a swaying that would is normal for a steel coaster. Steel coasters are supposed to sway, roller coasters are supposed to move. But there's more of that. It's kind of like if you build a life-size connects roller coaster.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. The structure is different. It's, it's
1: very minimal. Well, let's see how many pieces of track we can nail to one support.
0: Yeah. I mean it's it's different. And I mean again, I have pictures on the site that we took of it. Uh, it's it's a good ride it's impressive looking it it, it fills the bill i you know i wouldn't wait two to three hours to ride it no but we got there early we were there i think we waited
1: yeah i think we waited like half an hour maybe 40 minutes i mean the it's an impressive looking coaster the only thing and chris you might want to chime in here it just ruins that sight line yeah, the when,
0: location, the choice that they made. when
1: you walk into Kennywood and you walk down the main midway, you see this lagoon and you know, where this big open island stage where they used to have shows, but now they have this, you know, the sky coaster uh, flying ride. But then this thing just kind of just overtakes it with its yellow and black Steelersness and it's, it's and it's yellow, it's not gold, it's school bus yellow. To put it
2: simply it literally kills the charm of that area of the park it takes away
1: loses tranquility
2: and that's really what kennywood has traded on for years that sort of aesthetic and they kind of killed it
0: and unfortunately and the same thing i mean earlier tim you know you talked about how kennywood has shade unfortunately the two newest areas to that park got rid of the trees yeah. got rid of the shade you know, and I hope that's not the direction the park's going in, you know, it's, you know, that's one of the nice things about the park is that you can just sit on a bench and relax in the shade. You know, now, if you want to do that by steel curtain, you just, every two minutes have a loud whoosh that goes by, you know, well, I got the away.
1: barbecue area. Yeah. <laughs> the
2: barbecue.
1: No, no, I get it. But I mean, there, there is still a decent amount, of of shade and then you have the groves the the you know the pavilions and things and things like that you know people used to go back and you know grab a sandwich and um
0: and again i will think of 21 memories the stories of what our parents
2: a good look i remember clearly as a teenager uh when it started to get dark we would go
1: in the back of the pavilion and neck um can you get that free on youtube
2: Yes. Believe, so you can. I believe most of Rick Seaback's documentaries are on our local PBS's uh, YouTube page, which we will link to.
1: Yeah, well, let's link to that because there there was a show. Um, it was called "Kenny with Memories" by Rick Seaback. He's a renowned Pittsburgh historian. It
0: came out in 1988. So yeah, we're back in the. It's children of the '80s all through this video. Yes.
1: It, yeah. 1988 and the the fashions, the hairstyles, the trends, the, the, the lingo and everything. It's a great, I think it's only like an hour if, even if that, um, but we'll link it down in the description in a video. Um, and I'll even throw it on the YouTube channel as well with a link to it. So, um, but it's a great to watch because you can quote things for years to come on that. Um, all right. So do we want to talk about favorite coasters? Are we back? Yeah. (laughs) All right, so do we want to talk about favorite coasters? Yes, yes. All right, so, Ryan, what's yours?
0: At Kennywood, my favorite is the Phantom's Revenge. Why? Because um, I like huh. a good, quote-unquote, hyper mega coaster. I like airtime. I like speed and drops. and And the fact that it still retains the original parts of the Steel Phantom and then goes into the new part, plus going through the Thunderbolt. I was between Phantom's Revenge and Thunderbolt, but they the Thunderbolt anymore gets... They do trim it a little more than they used to, and it just kind of took it away from me. So I it was close, but I gave my vote to Phantom's Revenge. All
2: right,
1: cool. But Chris, me? Yeah. So I have a question. So is this all Kennywood roller coasters, like past and present? Or is this what's there now?
0: This is what's there now.
1: What's there now? i i would have to say Phantom's revenge um i think i think they retract all of it by now didn't they the lift Except, the
0: station but the only parts of yeah
1: and then the transfer track yeah, yeah. so they've retracted it all by now and it has gotten smoother but um it's a good ride i like it's not my favorite ride by any means but it's if i go there i'm, I'm going to ride the Phantom's revenge it, it's it, I know what to expect from it and it delivers every single time. I have not gotten a bad ride off of Phantom's Revenge. And I've seen it in every single seat. But what about you?
2: You know, I'm going to have to go with the wooden coaster. My favorite at Kennywood is going to be the Jackrabbit. There's just something about it. I think it is close to being a perfect wooden roller coaster to me. And you get a good mix of of airtime and drops. And it's, it's a train coaster, which is more interesting to me. Most of the time when you're hurtling down actual hills, not just the coaster hill, you're barreling down into valleys and ravines. Yeah. It's, it's just a good ride. And and
0: the thing with the jackrabbit, I'm going to embarrass my sister because I have to tell this story. So the thing with the jackrabbit is when you're see it from the midway, you just see a little train and you see, you know, the lift hill, which is only 30 to 40 feet above you. So you don't see the rest of the ride. You don't know what's there. And I'll never forget my dad told my sister that we're going on the train. So <laughs> she thought she I was think- going on the train. So my mom and me were just on the midway waiting and they go off on the train and they come back and she's like, that wasn't the train. Cause no, it has, you know, a large double dip in the middle of the ride that has some of the best airtime in the industry. and But,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think all Pittsburgh dads said, come on, we're doing this. It's the train. Like, that's your rite of passage. When you're about five to about seven, all Pittsburgh dads say, come on, we're doing this.
0: Well, And, and back then, there was no height restriction for the – jackrabbit mm-hmm. you just had to be able to walk to ride and you could ride it and then they raised the height to 36 inches at some point and now it's 42. you know they increased it again but i had a horrible experience on the jackrabbit the same thing happened to me although my dad didn't call it the train but i did not like it and i was afraid to ride any roller coaster until i was 10 because of my experience on it so it just shows you know what happens
2: I think back then they were also using bungee cords from the hardware store to keep you in the ride
1: what What? so anyway since we're talking about the jackrabbit so much we have selected that as our coaster of the week you know each week we we plan on talking about a specific coaster in a park you know that we're talking about and just kind of highlight things it might not be the the it, it, the shining star, you know, whatever of the park, but, you know, it, the Jackrabbit, you know, being hundred years old this year, um, in 2020, it, it, it's definitely a, a coaster with a lot of history to it. And, you know, it has the double dips and it has, you know, Chris started to go, go ahead and say what you were saying before, because about the seatbelt. that's history.
2: Well, if memory serves, at least when I was a kid, it felt like the only thing they used to hold you in were basically off-the-shelf bungee cords from the hardware store. This wasn't advanced restraint technology. It was a leather strap-like...
1: A dog leash. It was a dog leash. Now, when
0: the ride first opened,
1: though... And it had the one single bar that did not ratchet. It wasn't a buzz bar, and it had the pull noodle with the electrical tape around it. And that's what you held on to. when the
0: ride opened, (laughs) that's all it had. It didn't even have the leather strap when it opened. It didn't. Roller coasters didn't have restraints like that when they opened. So the Jackrabbit opened in 1920, which is a hundred years old this year. It's a wooden track terrain coaster, meaning it follows the terrain. Kennywood has a ravine that goes through it. So when John Miller designed it, the park didn't want it to cost a lot of money. So he used the terrain to the advantage to make the coaster cost less. You know, it goes out of the station. There's not a lift hill right away, like most roller coasters. You know that's something about all of Kennywood's coasters. For the exception yeah. of the steel curtain, none of them have the biggest drop first. Um, you know, but the Jackrabbit, you go like, a, you're just going around a curve, long stretch in a flat track, and then all of a sudden you plunge into the ravine, go through a tunnel. Then you have another small hill and then the lift hill. You only go up 40 feet, which isn't high for coaster standards but then the next thing you go down is a 70 foot double dip that causes you to fly up out of your seat.
1: And that's like the Pittsburgh rumor. Like everybody, oh, uh, yeah. Track. Yeah. Every, everybody in Pittsburgh, if you're from Pittsburgh and you know, and I probably have said Pittsburgh probably about 30 times by now, but if you're from Pittsburgh, um, you, you know, you know, two things, you know, the Jackrabbit jumps its tracks on the double dip and you know that when somebody says kenny woods open that means your zippers down that's all you need to know about pittsburgh
0: but you know and it goes down the double dip and it's because of the wheels that are under the track that keep you keep the track of the train on the track moving you fly up out of your seat if you know if it really jumped the track you know those landings wouldn't be pleasant. <laughs> Jack chakra would have had some accidents over the years, which it never has. But, you know, it's a minute and 15 seconds. It is a short ride, but it is such a great ride because of the restraint. The All of Kennywood's wooden roller coasters, I will say, they keep up with their wooden coaster maintenance. Those coasters are smooth. They replace track every year like you do on a wooden coaster. They pretty much say... Within a 10-year period, a wooden coaster is entirely rebuilt because every, you know, year they do different sections. But, yeah, the Jackrabbit is is one of the most unique. It was a lot of firsts. The wheels, you know, lift hills, middle of the ride. It's a mm-hmm. great ride. Yeah. But we still need to talk about other things at Kennywood. I know we kind of ventured off into the coaster of the week, but... um. Tim will go to a roller coaster or go to an amusement park to ride roller coasters.
1: Brian goes to an amusement park to eat.
0: Well, I'd say Chris goes to an amusement park to eat too, but Kennywood's food is. I mean, if they're known for the potato patch fries. And I mean, they're good fries. I mean they make good fries. It started out as this little stand by the thunderbolt. And you have. You know, fresh cut fries. I just will always see the scene from Kennywood memories in my head again about the fries.
1: Huh. <laughs> On a good day, we go through about 60, 80 pounds. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, is, seriously, though, if you're listening to this and you have not seen Kennywood memories, go watch it. Because it will bring back so much nostalgia to you. But, um, yeah, I mean, there there's a lot of different things i think a lot of the older things have kind of gone away and they become more traditional the things that used to be offered they kind of went away there's some of the staples Golden nugget theta patch um you know but then it, what five ten years ago they put in a johnny rockets in the middle of the park in an old pavilion and, oldest, and, and it's one of the
0: oldest buildings on property a yes. building that has been there since 1899 is now a Johnny Rockets. Wait, which, it's not even a real Johnny which, Rockets. Yeah,
1: which listen. So my wife and I, we go to the, we go to Atlantis. We go to Nassau, Bahamas a lot on vacation. One of our favorite places to eat there is Johnny Rockets. I don't know why, but it's just it's just something. You go to Kennywood's Johnny You're Rockets, they got three different burgers, and they got fries or onion rings. And you want Pepsi or do you want Diet Pepsi? And that's it. And they're going to charge theme park prices for it. So, but I mean, what I I, you know, for me, my favorite is funnel cakes. I love funnel cakes. I don't care where we're at. My favorite is always going to be a funnel cake. The funnel cake by the old whip. Well, I guess it's not the old whip. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't say that anymore. But by by, the log jammer, uh, Stealer Country. I've dated so myself weird. three times yes. now. <laughs> you
0: are you, a true Pittsburgh. You get driving directions of things that used to I be did. places. Go down
1: by the old racks. <laughs> Turn left until you hit the hills. But no, but um, it, 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 I love funnel cakes. And over there, the old funnel cake thing, which is still there, and that's where you get them at, is the funnel cake supreme with the strawberries and the whipped cream and the vanilla ice cream on top of the funnel cake. Just phenomenal. Chris. Do you concur?
2: I agree completely. I agree completely. And it was one of the things before they built the steel curtain, you could have the classic theme park, amusement park funnel cake, sit on the benches around the lagoon and take in the atmosphere in the park. And the funnel cake Supreme was definitely part of that. And it's definitely part of my memories of the park. Still great with the coaster whooshing by it kind of takes a little bit away from it. But I'd still recommend the funnel cake.
1: So can can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. What do you think of Forbidden Frontier at Cedar Point?
2: It's highly underrated as a place to escape from the rest of the park.
1: Didn't you love it there though? Yes. And didn't Millennium Force just whoosh by? It's Different. <laughs> it is different. I'm just it's I'm just playing with you. Different. I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. All right. So, Brian, what's your favorite food?
0: Well, mine is... Sorry, I almost got whacked in the head <laughs> with the microphone. Um, Sorry. My favorite at Kennywood is a stand called the Golden Nugget. Um, it's a dipped ice cream cone, and it's the simplest thing. But I honestly don't know any other amusement park that offers this. It literally... It's kind of like they take a Klondike bar but without the chocolate on the outside. It's just like, they actually, I've seen them do it. They actually have the ice cream and they have this very long knife and they literally take the carton of ice cream and they slice it and dice it into these squares. So they put the square of vanilla ice cream, and they have Neapolitan too, but they take the ice cream, they put it on the double cone, they dip it in the chocolate and then they top it with if you want the jimmies the sprinkles um the nuts and then they put a cherry on top so you pick your topping they do it it's great it, it's different i enjoy it you know i mean it's Kennywood. they have lots of different stands like that though they have the pagoda stand which has a hot side and a cold side the cold side has the soft serve ice cream in the park but they also have something called this is my second favorite item there it's called the iceberg and it is icy either the red or the blue and they put ice cream in it so it's literally a layer of icy and then soft serve and then icy on top of it again so it looks like an iceberg what it's great
2: yeah
1: i never known that that existed
2: same he had just mentioned that to me the other day i
1: mean both of us looked up at each other like what
2: oh we missed this (laughs)
1: 37 years (laughs) and I was today years old because all I thought they sold was sausage no
0: that's the other side that's the hot side there's a hot side but there's four
1: sides which which or do they alternate is it hot cold hot cold or is it like this side of the rhombus is
0: cold there's two sides of the building with two different lines the hot side and the cold
1: side well they both have 45 minute lines
2: (laughs)
0: Depends how many
2: windows they have open. One. One. <laughs> of of one. No, like, no, I, I worked I, at Kennywood I, for eight
0: years. So I ate at Kennywood every day. And that's what I got for dessert. Was that a
1: secret menu thing? No. no Seriously? Like, no, food. I've never heard anybody in Pittsburgh ever talk about that. Like, that's like the Pittsburgh Dole Whip. I mean, that is what They do serve <laughs>
0: Dole Whips there now. They do serve Dole Whips at that same stand, but you could still get an iceberg. Um, my sister used to work at that stand and she made a great iceberg. That was, it is still one of my. Okay.
1: So we're going to Kennywood (laughs) opening day because I want one of these things now.
0: Well, it might not be open opening day. That's the problem. (laughs)
2: Because we don't have video of this podcast, Tim's mind has been completely blown by this subject. (laughs)
1: Like Sarah, I never, 37 years never knew that this existed.
0: But, I mean, they have literally, I mean, we're just talking a little bit about food at Kennywood, but Kennywood has 23 fast food locations in the park. They're known for the potato patch, and they actually serve the potato patch fries at two different stands in the park just to keep the lines manageable, we'll say. Um, there's two indoor air-conditioned places. One of them is a cafeteria that is in the one of the two oldest buildings in the park that were there since the year it opened. Um the Johnny Rockets is also the fast food, air-conditioned. And the new, there's a new one in Steeler Country that has indoor seating and covered seating as well. We talked about if it rains. Um, there's basically three places at Kennywood that have completely covered seating if it rains. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, but that's that's food at Kennywood.
1: That's really interesting.
0: Well, you're just you're just going to think about that iceberg all the time now.
1: I am um, because I don't I, I, I don't know what to say because I've never known that that existed. But um, yeah, so. It, it,
0: the big the, thing with food at Kennywood, I'll tell you this. It changed when the park changed. Um, eat, I, I would agree. Eating yeah. at Kennywood used to be affordable. It used to be not your typical amusement park prices. When Kennywood added season passes, the pricing of the food changed, which made no sense to me because if you could, the reason why Kennywood's food prices were low is because you could still bring your own food into the park. So they wanted to try to get people to buy the food in the park, Mm -hmm. but then when they did the season passes, it's not, you know, because people were going all the time and not paying admission, they jacked the price. I
1: mean, here's, here's... we we all love Kennywood. We grew up with it. We will still go to Kennywood. We all love Kennywood. We we're not ripping it in any way. The eh, where I kind of eh, is where you want to be like a Cedar Fair or a Six Flags or a larger larger national park and charge those prices for a traditional. So this year, thanks to you. You seeing Waldemere, seeing Kenobles, and you know going to Idlewild and things like that. Uh, they're, it, it, you're exactly right. Whenever you say, "Well, let's let's add the season pass," so let's up the charge on everything else. You know, fifty nine ninety nine a day is a little bit too much for the experience that you would get. at Kennywood. You're you're still gonna get, you're gonna get a lot for that sixty dollars. You are. If you go to Kennywood, the thing is, you're not going to wait two, three hours for a ride unless it's still curtain, Yeah, right. Or if they have one train ops on Skyrocket, you're not, you're not going to wait that long. You're going to wait 30 minutes, 45 minutes, which is nothing. <laughs> when you go and you look at four or five hour waits for Pandora, four or five hour waits for Hagrid's at Universal, you know, it, it, it's not long. But when you, the price versus the value, eh, I think. not there but um but uh let's talk about entertainment and shows i kind of want to head this up if it's okay
0: you the one that really isn't interested in entertainment and shows
1: it's which is why i think i should head this up okay because they don't have any it's very few and far between so you know back in back in the 80s and even early 90s you know they had the center island stage they had the stage that was underneath the wave swinger yeah, or the, the swing around, was the the, yeah, theater. the garden theater, and then they didn't have the the out by the pagoda or the Noah's Ark thing, right? No, that was added. Kennyville stage.
0: The Kennyville stage was added. Um, Lost <laughs> Kennywood opened.
1: That, that was, was added what? in the nineties, mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. So there, I mean, they used to have shows that were put on multiple times during the day, and now it's. You know, there, there's not really that much of an entertainment. When you think about Dollywood, um, Disney, Universal, Cedar Point, you know, even King's Island, things like that. There There's tons of shows that happen. They might not start at the beginning of the year, but, you know, there, there are tons of shows that happen midsummer. Um, Kennywood doesn't really have that much.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kennywood, they have, I mean, they still have where the garden stage used to be um they have bleachers and they'll do certain seasonal things there that's kind of like their their big show i mean they use that for holiday lights for they have choirs perform in pre covid times and and things like that but it's it doesn't compare with places like bush gardens um or any cedar fair park where there's dedicated shows indoor theaters which allow you to escape the heat or the weather for something it's Kenny would used to have like walk around bands and things like that um, for their centennial. Um, they actually had a special midway under the Phantom's Revenge um, that literally had circus stunt shows and entertainment like that. That one year, that one and only year, it was actually it was the Steel Phantom was still there because now that area is the extended queue for the Phantom's Revenge.
1: Um, Is that in the middle? Yeah. Between where it comes yeah, down? that's
0: why the Midway Connects <laughs> there. Yep.
1: I remember that. Now I remember that.
0: Yep. It was fun. I mean, wow. it's... But yeah. they're compared to other parks... And I mean, I know a lot of people like shows. A lot of people don't like shows. But you need to offer something for all ages. Some people go to parks for thrills. Some people go to parks with their grandchildren and maybe just want to sit and enjoy a show.
1: And if you're like some people that I know that shall remain nameless, sometimes you need that midday nap for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just to kind of recharge your batteries.
0: AKA at Disney, Tim goes on the Hall of Presidents to take a nap.
1: Moving on, we're going to talk about nostalgia and and some of the things that maybe were in kennywood that you miss or even just something that you miss that is not there um chris
2: i've always been a fan of dark rides and the thing one of the rides i miss most at kennywood is their dark ride lake Cachot.
0: which is french for the dungeon
2: yes it has a very long history in the park before it was that it began as I believe it was called the Zoomerang, and after that it became the Safari before it was Lake Esho, And the last two, the Safari and what was Lake Esho, were built by a very famous dark ride designer by the name of Bill Tracy. And it just had iconic pieces and gags. Even the outside facade was stock, iconic Bill Tracy. And there's not many classic dark rides like that anymore. It just seems that, you know, anytime you get a dark ride now, they have guns. They force you to force it to be interactive. Half the time, the lighting is off. The screens don't look good. Sometimes you just want a classic dark ride where like foam faces are jumping at you and you don't get that at parks anymore.
1: I agree <laughs> that the end of that ride with the strobe black and white room was the coolest thing ever. And I remember being like eight or nine years old and being terrified of dark rides because my aunt, for whatever reason, when I was like three years old, took me on the gold rusher and the spider just jumped out and just, mm, mm, I hated them. And then I wrote it when I was older and I just fell in love with dark rides. But, and you know, to kind of transition that over to me, I was going to say La Cashel and I was going to say the gold rusher um however there's so much i think the three of us could sit and talk about the old school dark rides that i kind of want to say let's keep that and let's put it into it into a different episode um because there's a lot and even people out there there there's a lot of nostalgia and love towards the old school dark rides for me <clears throat> i miss the steel phantom but there's something in particular about still phantom i miss the Batwing. That's the one thing that I miss. Boomerang. It's a Batwing. Seriously, i going to sit here? And argue. The Boomerang. We'll call it a Boomerang. Specifically, the Boomerang. It's not on any new coaster ever. Like, it's gone. Aside from Montu. I think Montu is the most recent coaster that actually has one. Um other than that I can't think I was trying to think that's
0: why you called it a Batwing because on an inverted coaster it's a Batwing on a sit down coaster it's a Boomerang and parks that used to have it were it was Arrow it was only Arrow and Vakama yeah. and um, the Vortex at King's Island had one
1: I think Viper at Magic Mountain has one too do not it after after the trim run yes break run um, it, it, but it, it is an a cool inversion you don't see it like there's a lot of cool inversions out there and and i'm an inversion guy if you had to ask me tim what what would you like most by roller coasters it's inversions there's there's a lot of different inversions out there that are cool that are awesome but imagine that on a wing coaster imagine that on a dive coaster even like a lot of people give crap to the dive coasters and their one-trick ponies but it's something unique (laughs) shut up (laughs) I will mute you, but, um, but like I, I, that's one thing that I do miss is, is the steel phantom and its inversions and especially the boomerang as I have so been corrected. (laughs) (laughs) So, but anyway, all right. So what's yours?
0: So mine, it's a ride that's still there. I mean, the train is still there and Kennywood's train even though it doesn't go anywhere, it's more of a ride. It's not a transportation train like some of the bigger parks have. But when we were growing up, the theme on the train was Hooten Holler Railroad, and 1976 to 1992, this was the theme. It had they added an area to the back of the train where you turn around, and it was called Moonshine Village. And it had animated characters and animals and scenery, and it was awesome. Now, <laughs> now, now it is what should be a ride just like that with Thomas the train. You get to that back area, and it's literally flat billboard character boards that you can just go online and see, you know what they say. Instead, you just go around and you see flat billboards of the other characters where it used to be you go through this village and the closest thing to that now is Cedar Point's train When after you go through Frontier Town put the house on fire and stuff but it was, you know, everyone went on the train because they wanted that theme and then they removed the tunnel yeah. it's
1: just well that. aren't they aren't they like postcards now? They're not even like billboards. A character I thought they were like postcards or something like greetings from. Yeah. So okay, so when was it that they read it Thomas Land? Uh, seventeen.
0: Seventeen. I think 27.
1: Yeah. So they they expanded Kitty Land and rethemed Kitty Land, part of Kitty Land. This expansion into uh, Thomas the Train, and with that they took the park's actual train and rethemed it so that you're riding Thomas. Um. yeah after thomas derailed twice um well, and
0: derailed because of the section they changed the loading area so you literally had to cross over the train tracks and when they put the crossover in
1: that's when they took out the tunnel the asphalt
0: the asphalt change well they took out the tunnel a couple years before because people were sticking their hands out and they got rid of the overview platform on the Raging Rapids that was under over top of the tunnel, and that's when that was all removed.
1: Have people not ridden the Devil's Den at Ott with the <laughs> gum wall?
0: <laughs> but anywho, I digress. Um, whenever they, <laughs> whenever they made you walk across the <clears throat> trains, the asphalt lifted up a bit, so the train would easily derail there. I used to, when I worked at Kennywood, the train. I worked almost every ride in the park through my years there, but driving the train, and I literally say driving the train because it's diesel and you literally have a pedal where you push it to go and it has a brake handle where you're pulling this handle. And I always knew when you were going through the tunnel, you had to pull back the brake because it was downhill. But, you know, at the turnaround. I remember being told you have to take it slow or you could derail the train there too. No pressure on some 18 year old, you know, just, just trying to, you know, with 50 no people, pressure. Fifty people on board, but you know it's um
1: because, because on the other crazy. side of the train is like what like a 250, 300 foot drop into a river. Yeah, just hillside down to the river, <laughs> like, you know. But no pressure. You know no and, pressure. and I think
0: nostalgia is something about Kennywood that's unique. Um, you know, Kennywood Memories was a great name. For Brixie Beck's and WQED's documentary, because we could talk about things and things always change. The white elephant in the room is some of the changes that Wood's making for next year, which is um, getting rid of five attractions. It's technically four. Um, the Enterprise slash Volcano, which a lot of parks are getting rid of. Yeah, a lot of parks are getting rid of. Enterprises, of. Yeah, a lot of know. places
1: are getting rid of those.
0: Um, and they're getting rid of the Paratrooper, which that one I understand to a point because it is a low capacity attraction. It's popular. And I know that new management wants more seating areas for food stands and the food stand that the Midway stand that's right there doesn't really have a seating area so to speak of other than a couple tables behind it so i can see that it's not
1: very there's not a lot of them though you don't see a lot of them left though
0: paratroopers pennsylvania parks have them yeah and there's a couple in florida but they're they're not as unique as the other two rides that they're getting rid of yes which um the baron curve um very unique um
1: There's what, like four or five? Two
0: or three. Two or three. There's there's not many. Um, But it was one of my favorite rides to run, so that one hit me a little hard because it wasn't a ride that you just push a button and it went. You literally had the – there were three buttons and a brake pedal and an air horn. Like, it was a really fun ride to work. But the ride that I think is hitting people the most that they're removing is uh, the mascot of the park (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> um, the Kangaroo, which is the only ride of its kind left. Yes, it is a low capacity ride. It you know, does 16 oh, to yeah. 20 people per cycle, but it is so unique. It is the only one left, and getting rid of four rides in one year hits you hard. I think if they would have just gotten rid of two or gotten rid of one, it wouldn't have been as bad. But the choice of the kangaroo—that—that
1: that one hits—that hurts. A hard. That hurts, and and you can see it. I mean, when they announced that, the amount of hate that the Pittsburgh people <laughs> spewed towards Kennywood.
0: Yeah, I thought the log was bad. Was <laughs> oh, like no, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. And 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 it's funny because for how many years you walk by it and you're like oh the line's too long i'll just i'll just skip it or whatever i mean it's a simple ride you sit, you sit in a car you go around in a circle on one side it goes up a ramp and it kind of jumps off with hydraulics and lands you down so you get a little pop of airtime it's just a circular ride but it's so iconic because it was the only one in the world and even though people walk by it now that the fact that they can't walk by it. They're like, well, think, really?
0: Well, I think that's the thing that hit people is because of COVID and also because they didn't make this announcement until after the park closed for the year. Right. No one really had a chance to go. Like, we didn't go to Kennywood this year. But mm-hmm. if I would have known that they were getting rid of those four rides, I would have gone to Kennywood. Oh, absolutely. Just to ride. I probably would have ridden the two. I would have ridden the Kangaroo and the Bear Curve. Oh,
1: you absolutely. Know, I would have ridden pair trip too.
0: Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. luckily for us, if you want a paratrooper, there's one up two hours north at Waldemere. There's one an hour and a half north at Conneaut Lake Park. Um, Idlewild still has one as well, but I'm wondering if they're gonna move Kenny Woods because Kenny Woods is a a newer version. If they're gonna replace Idlewilds with Kenny Woods, you never know. I, I don't think
1: because the the way and the 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 comments from Idlewild this year were just yeah. I mean, I, I get it. It 2020 was just a screwed up year for amusement parks. We're lucky to have them open and, you know, parks, especially the small regional parks, they're losing a lot of revenue and it's where do they, I mean, I get it. it Huss enterprises. They're expensive. They're, they're expensive to maintain. It's hard to get the parts for like literally what they say is it's hard to get parts for it is, you know, it's not like you can call up Intamin, call up M, and say, Hey, I need a couple new driveways. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know
0: where the Hus version is still at. Cause Cedar Point had the witches wheel; they got rid of theirs a couple years ago. The ones in Adorney—that's a different version. I don't remember what manufacturer, but it's a different version. It's not a Hus or Hoos, depending how you pronounce it. Um, but yeah, it's
1: yeah, it's it it, it hurts. I mean, and the fact that they're going to put in sitting areas. Yeah, the fact that they are not
0: replacing them with anything. By the way, the fifth ride that they're getting rid of, because I know people are wondering, what's he talking about? Um, There used to be a ski lift in the parking lot that I think the last time it was probably used was the day the steel curtain opened. Um, But Kennywood's parking lot is a tiered system, and the third level on the top... Um, the way they get people up and down was you literally could wait for a little shuttle bus or you rode the ski lift, which was called Kenny's Parkway. So, kind of really hits you. It's Kenny's Parkway. They literally, in the same year, are getting rid of the kangaroo and the Kenny's Parkway.
1: <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that it was Kenny's was Parkway. So, you're getting rid Kenny's of Kenny Parkway. Kangaroo <laughs> yeah. in one year. Like, what is your mascot going to be? They're going to bring in Steely McBean.
0: No. <laughs> it's still
2: Kenny Kangaroo it just doesn't have a ride. Wait, but how do you explain why is the mascot a
0: kangaroo? The kids are going to be like what's with the weird large rat? But here's
1: the why thing. is the kangaroo in Pittsburgh? But
0: the thing is the thing that's <clears> cool <dotted> about <throat> it is just like Kennywood memories. The parents are going to say, "Well, there used to be a ride here.
1: Bimbo, Jumbo, jeeters. all them
0: jeeters." jeeters. Yep. <laughs> there used to be a ride here called the Kangaroo. And then people are going to talk about it and the sad part is then it's going to have a a negative connotation connotation with it and people are like well yeah they got rid of it yeah i mean but you gotta i understand it you gotta change you gotta add kennywood is very tight on land you know they don't have a lot of space i get it four in one year technically five is just it hurts yeah we
2: still have people bitter over the laser loop so
1: hey Yes,
2: that's another story. So,
1: uh, you know, in that actually (laughs) that, you know, kind of talk about news and things. We kind of move news to the end because it kind of all has to do with Kennywood and, you know, Kennywood removing rides. But, you know, one of the things that was removed was the laser loop and, you know, the laser loop that was moved to Mexico. Mexico. I forget the park. It was like Chapultepec. Or... Oh,
0: it's it's <clears throat> funny. So the, the what was it called? Yeah. The laser loop. The laser loop opened in 1980 and it was the first major steel coaster. Kennywood, it was a Schwarzkopf shuttle loop. Um, it is, it, it meant a great deal to me because as I mentioned, the Jackrabbit made me terrified of roller coasters. I would refuse to ride roller coasters. Well, Kennywood announced they were getting rid of the laser loop. And my uncle insisted that year that i was going to ride the laser loop because i never rode it so he took me kicking screaming crying threw me down in the seat put the lap bar down on me and i rode it and that that is what made me love roller coasters and from that i ran from that ride to the racer and the jackrabbit and the thunderbolt and then we went to cedar point and that's what that's what started all of this when i was 10 years old um but you know it's funny with rumors being what they are, I might get to re that at some point.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Well, it's not a rumor. Uh, it's not a rumor. No. So, But it, everything that you just said, ditto. Yeah. Like, exactly the the exact same way. Like, that's why when I ask you, like, favorite coaster, is it existing or is it everything that can't... Because I would have said my favorite coaster is laser lit. Um, so you know, the Lasers loop went to Mexico, it's been in Mexico since 1990. And you know, now they that park has decided to change and and sell some of its rides, and two of which have been bought by the owner of Indiana Beach. Um, he actually did buy it. Oh, really? Yeah, we knew we knew
0: he bought the one sports car. No, that's insane because that means Indiana Beach will eventually have three. Schwartz coasters, which that's saying something.
1: Are we planning on going there? Yes. This year. This year. Awesome. Or 21, 21, 21. So I, I just want to ride the mini connects roller coaster. That's it. I want to ride steel hog and I'll be happy. Um, <laughs> that and Cornball Express. express. Um, but um, it, no, I mean the, the, the fact that he did buy, he bought the laser loop for 450,000. Apparently, apparently, that was the actual amount, but he did buy it. Um, so it was going in for 2022.
0: Well, that, and what's the other one that he bought, which is another? Yeah.
1: Chimera, Chimera. That was, that was at the same park right. that the laser loop was at. And that's the Schwarzkopf three looper. Right. Which it, it, I don't want to say his name, but I watched a certain video from a certain party that filmed it or whatever. That ride looks insane. It
0: is very intense. That
1: looks intense like you would Mike Gray out.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it has three. And the Schwarzkopf loops aren't like loops that you have on coasters now. They're not, what is that, liftable? What do they call them? The, the teardrop? The teardrop shape. Schwarzkopf's were not like that. <laughs> they, Schwartz, they, were, they were round. You, you, you feel the G-forces on their loops. And, and
1: you that. you feel it when you're coming out. Yeah. And that's that's why, like the laser loop, you feel that loop coming out of it, and it's. And uh, then
0: now I, we won't go backwards on it, like you know you did on the laser loop, but.
1: True. Yeah. True, but 2022, yeah. Indiana Beach, here we come. Yeah, we we'll have to go back because I, I we have to. Yeah. There is laser no reason not if if that ride opens, we have to go back. Yeah.
0: And who would have thought that a roller coaster from 1980 that will now be at three parks?
1: What is that, Forty year, four, 41 years old?
0: Yeah,
1: that makes me feel old. And that, I mean, there's so much we can talk about about coasters ending their age. But we I mean, can save that for another episode. Yeah, you
0: know, I mean, this one, we just didn't have a lot of time to talk about news. But it's Christmas There's not time. a
1: lot going out. I mean, there's not a lot going out. But, mm-hmm. but it it's is Christmas time.
0: time. Well, it's holiday time, Christmas time, whatever you celebrate when we're recording this. Anyway, so um, a lot of coaster enthusiasts, amusement park enthusiasts like to buy amusement park or roller coaster related um, gifts. So I think we should talk about what everyone's favorite amusement park or roller coaster gift is. Um, mine, I like a good roller coaster calendar, and lots of different places come out with them. Ace does one, and I think a bunch of different coaster clubs. Um, have their own different parks and things, but I I usually get the roller coaster calendar.
1: Are you familiar with uh thrilling moments photography? No. He um do you know Jack Larson? Larson Loopers on Twitter? Yeah. It's his son. Oh okay. Um and he does thrilling moments photography. He he was selling calendars this year and I almost wanted to buy one. He takes amazing pictures. It's like He is amazing at it. And I I looked at him and I went to go order a couple gone. So good job, Jack. So, but, but anyway, so what's
0: yours?
1: Me. I really have been getting into the Nana coasters. I have quite a few, like my entire office now has been overrun with Nana coasters. Um, and now that Coaster Dynamics, they're coming out with the coaster cutouts. Mm, those are delicious. Those expensive. are expensive. De- they are, <laughs> it all depends. It all depends because if you buy them from the parks, they're expensive. You buy them from Coaster Dynamics, they're about half the price, but they don't have the IP license. They say it on their website, they have the IP license, but they don't. So, but so you get, it doesn't, have the ride logo on so there's, no decals. there's no decals but i mean if i mean for me that's that's really cool like to i mean and me sitting where i work at people come in they're like oh are you an enthusiast i'm like a little bit <laughs> a little bit they're like well what is that i'm like that's a steel phantom <laughs> you know but anyway
2: what is that- about you chris cool Actually, two of my Christmas gifts this year, too, the two of you sitting here were the massive Cedar Point 150th anniversary book that was meant for coffee tables, but could actually be a coffee table because it weighs a metric ton.
1: That's in my office.
2: <laughs> but actually, when it comes to other gifts, what I really like, there are a lot of people crafting on Etsy and they make miniature ride vehicles. And just about any ride you can think of from a coaster merry-go-round to the actual drop uh, ride vehicles for Tower of Terror, you can find modeled and 3D printed.
0: I have it. Yeah. Chris got me that a couple of years ago for Christmas. I have have the Tower of Terror.
2: Why did I never see that? It's in the control room.
1: Everything in the free world is in that room, (laughs) including all 56 cents from the Magic Candle Company. (laughs)
2: But, yeah, if you know somebody who loves amusement parks or theme parks and they have a specific ride they love, there's a good chance somebody on Etsy is making a 3D-printed version of that ride vehicle. That's my recommendation.
1: Cool. All right. So I think that – That about does it. That about wraps it up. Um, So, you know – Definitely, this was the first episode. Please bear with us, as I'm sure we'll have some hiccups and things we need to work out. Um, but definitely get prepared for the the launch of the website on January 1st, as well as our Facebook page and Twitter page. Um, again, it's zerogadventures.com. Totally Face- Facebook zerogadventures, adventures. Twitter at zerog adventures. Um, definitely tell us what you think, and um, you know, next every week we plan on highlighting a different park let us know what parks um you you want to hear about let us know you know what questions you have definitely hit us up message us um and let us know how we did what we can improve on Um, but other than that i think i think it's about it what do you think
0: sounds good to me parks closing parks closing